Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, NFL Week 12, best bets for Thanksgiving week. We're coming to you earlier in the week, so keep that in mind if you're listening later in the week with line movement because we got to get these things up and running and everyone's got holiday plans, so... We appreciate those of you tuning in early in the week. Uh, Join us each week, all season long. We have Brandon Anderson and Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund of Action Network. And Anthony DeBundo is our rotating third member today. Hi, DeBundo. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, You can find the video version of this podcast and all of our shows on the Action Network YouTube channel. Uh, Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And why don't you hit the like button on the video? We greatly appreciate that. And of course, for our listening audience, a five-star rating and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen is greatly appreciated too. We like the feedback. And you can find Brandon, Luke, and Debundo individually in the Action Network app. Follow them there for their picks throughout the course of this week and each and every week. Another 500-plus week for the podcast, five and four in week, four, uh, week 11. Uh, Brandon's look ahead brings us to 56 and 52 for the season. So let's dive in. Brandon's not going first, but he can react because it does relate to his look ahead from last week's episode. So I will go to Luke first. What do you got for week 12? Best bet number one. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Lions laying seven and a half, hosting the Packers as the first game on Thanksgiving, which this Thanksgiving slate is probably one of the chalkiest slates, honestly, we've ever had. And this Lions team is just a different beast at home. And honestly, looking at this Thanksgiving slate, I was trying to figure out ways to like not be so chalky and take the dogs. But I really, <laughs> there just isn't anything about this Packers team that makes me comfortable about the seven and a half. And I have a feeling the next pick might have something to say about that. But Aaron Jones, he's definitely out. Emmanuel Wilson, the third stringer, is also out. Not that he really matters. And this offense has just been totally different. 
without Aaron Jones. I think everyone remembers the week one game where Aaron Jones went off and then he got hurt and they kind of yeah. squeezed out a couple wins. And after that really is just gross um, in terms of what this Packers team has looked like. And this Lions team is just a well-oiled machine that just continues to cover at like the highest rate, I think ever in terms of Dan Campbell. And I'm not like totally, I'm, I'm not into trends whatsoever. And I read them off here because I know some people are, but public favorites like cover at an absurd rate on Thanksgiving via Evan Abrams and 60%, I think it is, or plus is 22 and eight against the spread on Thanksgiving. And then favorites cover at a ridiculous rate. It really like, it's just, it's more of a like fate of the Packers and just feeling a lot more comfortable with this Lions team. And I wanted some Thanksgiving picks and truthfully, like I honestly think teasing the Lions with whatever you want, because they're definitely going to win this game a lot more, a lot more than they're going to lose. And then I think, a money line parlay with the Lions, Cowboys, Niners, and Dolphins is also a like an okay thing to do. Like normally you're just you don't want to like be that chalky, but it's late enough in the season that we know who these teams are, and I will be doing that as well. So Lions laying seven and a half. And that parlay, I'm trying to do it right now myself. Or it's like plus one thirty. And then the three of them on Thanksgiving, it's like I think it's even odds or minus one oh two. Minus one oh four, yeah. Yep, fine. Good. All good. You were right, though. Plus 130 on the on four of them. Okay, as we know, these teams met on Thursday night very early in the year. It was week number four. Lions won 34-20. to 20. Jared Goff and Jordan Love both had interceptions in that game. Jordan Love threw two. Uh, Mr. Anthony DeBundo is a Jordan Love supporter, uh, and he is backing the Packers and going against Luke. Why, DeBundo? You know, uh, Brandon and I have gone back and forth on this a good amount in the last few weeks uh, because I've now bet the Packers, I think, four straight weeks to varying levels of success. I, I think the market is a little bit short on this team, and I do think that Jordan Love has played two of his best games in the last two weeks. And I think that they've found something in Jaden Reed. They've kind of found some explosiveness that they were missing. And I think there's just a lot of holes in this Detroit defense. I came into the season, they were my only future uh, that was you know conference or Super Bowl was, was Lions to win the NFC. I came in pretty high on this team, but I did not think we'd have back-to-back weeks where they'd be laying more than a touchdown in their division. And, mm-hmm. and so I had the Bears last week, and I'm rolling with Green Bay again this week. I think Green Bay is a full point better than Chicago, at least, maybe a point and a half. And we just got eight. Uh, that was the close on Sunday with this same Detroit team. And the reason I'm really skeptical of Detroit uh, laying big numbers now is yes, Campbell's been great as an underdog and he's been good and, and, and the market has generally undervalued the Lions. But now they're in a position as a huge favorite. Their defense is bottom 10 coverage unit PFF. Concerned about that in this matchup. And if you just look at you know what the Bears did on Sunday, they had a lot of long methodical drives that really you know ate up the clock and made it really hard for Detroit to get any margin. You, know, you throw in one or two golf mistakes and all of a sudden you know they probably should have lost that game. Chicago had five drives that were five minutes or longer in length, uh, and they had 25 first downs. And that's a Bears offense that I think is worse than the one Green Bay is rolling out right now. I know the Packers haven't been consistent offensively, uh, but they've also lost a lot of close games. And I think we've kind of read a lot into uh, the fact they're under 500 and whatever, but it's pretty much just like the most quintessential league average team there is. Uh, Yards per drive net, they're 17th. EPA net, they're right around 16, 17 as well. So there's not a ton to love about the Packers, but are the Lions good enough to lay seven and a half? I don't think so. So I'm going to take the Packers 
plus seven and a half. I do generally agree with Luke that, you know, long teaser, probably a, a decent play too, just because you're going through those key numbers. But I think that that seven and a half is just too much for uh, a Lions defense that has been diced up by most good pocket passers they've played this season. The only thing I want to, that I disagree with what Anthony said is like, the Bears are definitely, like if you just take the full sample of the season, yeah, okay. They're def. I would say the Packers have been better than the Bears. But the last three weeks, the Bears, I think I saw a quote that the Bears are starting to look like the Lions two years ago, where they just started to cover every game, but they would lose anyway. It is Bears team, I honestly, maybe it's the recency bias, but I think they're above average at this point. And I just, maybe I just don't watch the Packers enough where it took you half a season to watch the Packers, but, uh, yeah, Shots fired. I, that's, I haven't <laughs> been tuned in enough, but I've, I've been somewhat impressed with love the last two weeks and they did outgain both, I mean, outgaining Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and, and, uh, won the yardage. There were some key drops from the chargers, but won the yardage in, in that game as well. And, and outplayed the chargers for majority of the game. Uh, you know, so I, I'm, I'm okay with this Packers team being right around league average. Yeah. When you look at Jordan love first five games versus his last five games, Completion percentage is up. Passing yardage is up. That was a get-right spot against the Chargers. Brandon, this was your look-ahead line last week. So if you'd like to add to this analysis, please do. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on the lines here. I I think, honestly, everything DeBundo said is the right analysis. If this was a Sunday noon game, I I might be taking the Packers a little more seriously. But I'm just going to ride the Thanksgiving trends. Lines have covered eight of the last 11 on Thanksgiving. Non-Dallas favorites, 29-9 and nine the last two decades, ATS, 76%. They're favored by seven or more. It's 12-2, and two, not counting the Cowboys. So just, you know, we, we all watch these games. We watch every Thanksgiving. The teams that are really good take care of business on Thanksgiving. It's like the game that you wait for. So I, I'm just going to kind of agree with the Bundo, but throw it out anyways and just ride with the big favorite here. Okay, let's go to our next round of picks. We turn to Thursday night. Seattle hosting San Francisco. Luke, you're going this direction, this game. What do you got? I'm going to go chalk again. I'm going to go with the Niners uh, laying seven at the Seahawks, seven, six and a half, which this one, I fully expect, you know, probably to play. I think Pete Carroll said he's trending in the right direction. And Metcalf practiced in a limited capacity. I expect him to play as well. Kenneth Walker, I do not. But really, it's, it's really similar, honestly, to the Lions where just, I just don't see a lot, any matchups, a lot of scenarios where the Seahawks can stay within this number. And you can t- go like go for the Seahawks and like fade the public, do whatever you want. But like this one, I've learned my lesson one too many times last year taking the Seahawks against the Diners. Where I remember Thursday night football, like you knew within the first couple minutes the game was over, and that score was a lot closer than it actually was. And the Seahawks in San Fran in the playoff game just got absolutely destroyed last year. Um, and this Seahawks team, we said last week, I'm done trusting them. Gino will not be at full strength. Uh, it, it, it's just a Niners team that I just see on the last game of Thanksgiving, boat racing this Seahawks team that there's going to be a divisional trends. You don't want to lay, lay divisional favorite on the road, whatever. I'm just going to go with the better team on Thanksgiving. We're going to have action on it anyway. Evan has some trends for the Niners. Night faves are 12 and 5. Favorites are 7 plus on the road on Thanksgiving or 8 and 1 against the spread. So if mm-hmm. you love trends, favorites on Thanksgiving are great, especially when they're in spots that you usually fade if it is on a Sunday. 
um, was the Niners fit. Um, so I'll take the Niners playing seven at the Seahawks because I really just don't see a lot of scenarios that the Seahawks can cover. Um, I would probably it's going to go up when Geno is like officially announced playing. Um, I would assume this goes up a little bit. If you want to get like that half point of CLV, get the six and a half now. But I don't think it's going to go much higher because I think the books are already baking in Geno playing because everyone's expecting it. Looking at the when these teams met last year late in the season, it was week 14 or 15. Let's see. Seahawks. Punt, 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 field goal, fumble, punt. That was the first half. Second half, field goal, punt, punt, and they closed the game with a touchdown, the final minute of the game. Uh, that was I, mean, the- I was on the Seahawks in both those games. Or I don't know what happened in the third one they played last year, but like, it was just – I just vividly remember trying to be contrarian and trying to like – I don't want to say cute, but knowing it was over like the second it started and just regretting it. Yeah, um, it was the time when everybody tried to bet against Purdy every week and kept losing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a, that was a Seattle Island spot for me too. And I remember Luke the exact same feeling coming in <laughs> and like three minutes in just being like, well, that's that's done. Like, because here's the thing. Seattle can't tackle, which is not great against San Francisco or most teams, but especially the Niners. And Geno Smith can't handle the pressure. And you both of those, and you just see it right away with whoever has the ball, and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to be fun. The Niners won by 20, my- 28 and 18 last year. It was an <laughs> average score is 30 to 14. And you don't want to, like, overvalue running backs. But, like, Charmaine is, like, a rookie. Like, I think he, he was, like, a popular, like, fantasy pick in August as, like, um, an insurance policy to Kenneth Walker because Charbonnet was, like, drafted high. He might be good. We don't know. But, like, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And Gino's going to have – the entire game's really going to be in Gino's hand, having to pass. And who knows how healthy he was. When he came in on that last drive on Sunday, like, he honestly looked fine. But I will take the Niners if they just have to – if Gino has to beat them um, by margin. And they are not good in the red zone, the Seattle Seahawks, Ooh. at least recently. They're, they don't – they can't score. Okay. Uh, I think that's it for best bets as far as Thursday is concerned. And Friday. Uh, Stay tuned, though, for a Thanksgiving whip around. More on that to come. Uh, The island last year was Seattle, but the island in 2023 is in Houston, Brandon. It is. Uh, Give me Texans plus two and a half. This is the game we've been waiting for against Jacksonville. Texans are hot, man. They have won six of the last eight right now. The two losses literally came with zeros on the clock by field goal. So they're that close to being on an eight game winning streak right now. CJ Stroud's not going to win MVP, but like he, the fact that a rookie quarterback is in the mix, is in the conversation, like he is answering every question. He's showing up, hitting the throws late, dropping the bucket. The defense is starting to come together. Top 12 past five games. They've been great against the run lately. Devin Singletary starting to run. That's a thing that they haven't been able to do much. Suddenly the last couple of games, they're running a little bit. Hopefully they don't lean too heavily against Jacksonville there. That would not go well for them in all likelihood. But I just think Houston wins. I keep in my notes every time I come to a Texans game writing down Houston will win in the trenches. And look, that worked for us with Philadelphia all season long last year. And I'm not calling Houston Philadelphia, but winning in the trenches is a pretty good formula. The Jaguars offensive line is terrible. Their bottom three pass block win rate and bottom three run block win rate. Houston's defense, the defensive line, you know, I was big on Will Anderson before the season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had the flash, but he's been really good. The uh, Rankins has been great. Houston is top two in pass rush and run stop win rate. So that is a spot where they can really dominate. And Houston's offensive line is getting healthy now, too. 
Uh, Jaguars, their offense has been pretty inconsistent. They were good last week against the Titans, but Press Taylor just is not really dialing things up great for them. The defense, they got exposed by the Niners a couple weeks ago. They got exposed by these Texans. These teams played in September in Jacksonville, and the Texans won by 20. And our home underdogs now? I don't understand. The Texans have won 10 of the last 11 meetings between them and the Jaguars. I think they're just as good. I'll happily take the two and a half points, one half if you need it. I'll happily take them at home. Uh, Obviously, I'm on the division odds from a couple times by now. I think it's around plus 250 if you like them here. They even up the division and would have swept head-to-head, so they would be the division leader. Certainly, I don't mind that as well. I'd rather do that than a money line play. But for this pick, give me Texans Island plus two and a half. That's right. There's a chance here for the Texans to go to 2-0 and against the Jags, Luke. Brent, what do you think about Will Anderson, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year right now? It's like 15-1, to where Jalen Carter is a leader who has like no stats currently. Like It's just like basically... He's playing at an all-pro level, no sacks, which usually the sack leader is who wins. Then Witherspoon, corner, he has a couple showcase games, but like corners, it's tougher to get the interception. Will Anderson gets a – he had his like – I think I don't know what number sack it was last week, but he's getting pressure every week. If he puts I, together I, like a bunch of sacks at 15-1, to 1, I can see it. Yeah, I, I certainly – I don't mind it. Like I, I agree with all of that. That was effectively my case before the season – I've got a lot of money on Texans Island, so I don't know if I need to personally be putting more on to Will Anderson, but 15 to 1, I agree. I think he's at three sacks, which I believe Witherspoon as a corner has three. I think Carter's at four. So, like, there's not a lot of raw numbers here, but I've seen uh, Seth Walder on Twitter today was was hyping up Will Anderson. He's on the field way more than Jalen Carter, so he's more impactful in that way. He's been an elite run defender. He's a big reason why the run defense is getting so good. He's the reason why, you know, those uh, defensive line win rates are good. And I think, you know, if Houston keeps doing this, if they keep winning, they're going to get some more credit. Obviously, Stroud's going to win Rookie of the Year. But D'Amico Ryan's coach, Will Anderson, defensive line, or a Rookie of the Year, I think they're going to keep getting some looks. So I, at 15-1, to 1, I don't mind the nibble. Sacks are always a quarterback stat, right? So let's look at the quarterbacks they're going to play. Yeah. Russell Wilson, very sack-prone. Tim Boyle. Uh, then they're going to play Will Levis twice, and they're going to play DTR. So yeah. that's a lot of sacks yep. to be had. You just need one defense. one game where he gets like two and a half sacks, and that can happen for a lot of dudes, and he is getting there. So, yeah, what one game, especially with the spotlight this team's getting, uh, I don't mind that at all, that he could definitely how many, get in there. So. How many primetime games are those, Devondo? Any? Uh, yeah, Houston. So. Zero. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be the problem with Jalen Carter. Houston, who plays. Houston Island, uh, Houston Island closes at four p.m. every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, well, in the Eagles still get the Cowboys again. They've got the Bills this week. Uh, Niners that, next week. Niners the following. So, yeah. And speaking of the Bills and the Eagles, Debundo, you're looking mm-hmm. at that game for your second one. This Eagles team, man. I, I was I, I walked into my house last night and I said I wish I could run as good in life as the Philadelphia Eagles have run this season. Uh, five separate times now, the opposing team has has drive has had a drive for the tie or the win. Uh, only one time has the team pulled it off, and the the number of ways that they've gotten those stops has been amazing. If you look back at some of the ways with you know Dak, you know his toe being out of bounds and the guy being a half yard short, and last night with MBS, of course, happened with the Patriots uh, too. K- uh, yeah. Kayshawn Booty, week one. Yep. 
Couldn't get his feet in. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been all kinds of different bounces that have been great. Ron Rivera not going for two. Anyway, uh, this Eagles team, you know, let's play let's play trivia. Who has a better point differential this season, Buffalo or Philadelphia? Buffalo. 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 Who has the better offense by success rate rushing? Buffalo. Passing. Buffalo. EPA offensively. Buffalo. Who has the better secondary defensively? Buffalo. Okay, so what are we doing here? I'm catching three I and a half on the road. I trivia during the week on happy hour. Mm-hmm. I just went four for four. That's great. Yeah, you just won the Quizzo Bowl championship. You deserve a medal or a holiday or at least a cuddle from somebody. Thank you. Um, Get to the point. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's fine. I mean, we've all done the same song and dance. You know why the sky is falling in Buffalo and the Eagles are the best team the NFL's ever seen? Because the Eagles are 6-1 and one in one-score games. Buffalo is 2-5. and five. And that's the difference. They've had a bunch of coin flip games, a ton of bad turnover luck. You know who has a higher turnover-worthy play rate this year? Jalen Hurts to Josh Allen? Jalen Hurts. So, like, okay. it's been incredible, this Eagles team. And look, I get it. Like, they're a good team. They're one of the best three teams in the NFC, probably one of the four best in the NFL, five best. But they have run so well that this extra half point we're getting, maybe full point, I'd argue, uh, is overvaluing them. And I think that catching the hook... I love Josh Allen against the secondary. I think he's going to have a big game Sunday. And I think we're going to have another coin flip Eagles game. Uh, and I'm going to happily take three and a half with Buffalo uh, on the road. I think they can run on Philly. I think they can pass down the field on Philly. Uh, and I think that they're going to have a ton of success. Keep in mind, the huge Eagles win last night. They were once again outgained by 100 yards. Same as the Dallas game. The game, game was insane. Like that was the luckiest. It had to be like the Two luckiest one ever. turnovers for the Chiefs. One in the end zone. One the Kelsey fumble. Andy Reid's terrible punt decision on fourth and four at the thir- 39 and MVS dropping the go-ahead touchdown in the final two minutes. I mean, I listen to talk radio just like hate listen this morning uh, in Philadelphia because it's just like, you know, how gritty of a win it was, which like, yeah, you know, good for them. They won. But like, are the Eagles a better team or worse team if MVS catches that pass? No. The guy got smoked. Roby got smoked. Their whole secondary is a house of cards and it will come crumbling down this <laughs> Sunday. Josh Allen. Very good. Uh, I don't think much more needs to be said. Brandon, your second one, please. I'll stay in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to go to the Steelers. Give me the Steelers money line, minus 110 at Cincinnati. I guess we are leaving the state, but let's leave the country. Praise (laughs) be, Matt Canada is gone. Canada is out of here. Canada will get to celebrate Thanksgiving with the U.S. this year. He is the first Steelers coach fired during the season since 1941. That's how bad this was. And guys. Apparently, I, I don't know who Mike Sullivan is. I never heard of him before, but he is the quarterback's coach. He's taking over play calling. Here's what I'm seeing about him. He's going to cut horizontal play calls. He's going to empower the running backs. Jalen Warren has been awesome, especially the last three weeks. And they're vowing to do more play action. To me, that is a key. Pickett's numbers in the play action have been really good, but Pittsburgh has the third fewest play actions so far this season because Matt Canada didn't know what he was doing with play calling. So the hilarious thing about this whole Canada thing it's Pittsburgh's offensive numbers have actually been quietly getting pretty good for the last month, and no one really noticed because we just turned so hard on Matt Canada this whole time. Last six games, they're top 10 by DVOA offensively. Part of the reason we haven't noticed, too, they're facing the number one strength of schedule defensively so far this season. So that's part of it. But the run game has really opened up. Jalen Warren's been really good. They even ran on Cleveland last week. Warren had a nice game there. And the Bengals' defense has quietly been really not great this season. Like, just last week alone, they dropped from 15th to 22nd in DVOA defensively. Just from one game, they are 30th against the run. And I think Pittsburgh is going to gash them in the run game here. Kenny Pickett, 
I'm not loving having to put a vote of confidence Kenny Pickett here, but uh, Kenny Pickett with not Matt Canada has got to be better than Kenny Pickett with Matt Canada. He's actually six and two ATS as a favorite. So uh, I, I will take the Steelers here. I think the Bengals, you know, the, the other side of the ball matters too, because here we got Jake Browning making his first career start behind a line that is bad pass blocking up against TJ Watt and all those pass rushers. That doesn't really seem like the first start I'd like to make in my career. And I realize like he effectively just played a game against the Ravens. It wasn't bad. He did all right. He made a few throws there, but Burrow out, I think is a cascading effect. He, we saw what it looked like when we had bad Burrow early, when he wasn't healthy, they could barely struggle to get like three points in a few games. Yeah. I think him out makes the receivers worse. I think it makes the run game worse. The, the pass blocking even worse because again, sacks are a quarterback stat. So I just feel like the Steelers here that we're getting a minus one half to a minus half a point here. So if it's if it's about that for you, I'll just take the money line. It's a minus one ten at the book where I grabbed it. Tomlin is twenty one and eleven ATS against the Bengals, sixty six percent. Steelers have won twelve of the last sixteen, and now Bengals have won more recently in the last couple of years. But look, I just think the the Bengals are done, and the Steelers going to get that that dead cat bounce from moving on from Matt Canada and let's get some points on the board Steelers money line minus 110 all right rah rah Mike Tomlin rah rah not blah blah this week rah rah it's not even a rah rah because uh you know I, I I almost grabbed this one last week on the look ahead plus six and obviously they are now favored Oof. here could have accidentally lucked into back-to-back look ahead spots getting like a touchdown of CLV when the quarterbacks went out wouldn't have minded that, but yeah, I, I don't mind grabbing here even still basically at a coin flip game. I'm glad in your analysis you left out Najee Harris because I know he goes right up Luke's tailpipe because ban Najee Harris and play Jalen Warren more. Um, yes, and look what's happening. The dude is an absolute phenomenon. Like, there we go. Got him going. Feed him. Guy just makes plays. I, I love him. I'm guessing there's no market up yet, but like Steelers to score their opening drive. Ooh. Like for the bit would be really funny i like that luke let's shift to i think we're going all the way to sunday night is that sunday night it is sunday night okay thank you chargers chargers visiting the ravens yep so i'm gonna go with the chargers or chargers hosting the ravens pardon me go ahead yeah really really it is uh so i'm gonna get chargers getting three and a half hosting the ravens which we watched the ravens on thursday night last week and they went right down the field, Mark Andrews. Um, and then he got hurt, and the offense really just looked totally different. Isaiah likely has shown to be good, but he is no Mark Andrews. And I think this offense is at least to start. Um, you're going to see it lagging behind a little bit without him. Um, and this is just a, a do-or-die game for the Chargers. Like, Staley is – if they lose, they lose bad. Like, Staley's probably gone. I, I'm surprised he survived this week. Um, and it's just a Chargers team – with an elite quarterback that always plays in close games on primetime, getting three and a half. It was four, um, but three and a half is fine. I'm expecting a better injury report from the Chargers. Like, please, God, Jalen Guyton play, because I can't even think of the receiver's name right now at a TTU. Um, who's the guy that dropped that deep pass last week? Oh, Quinn Johnston. Quinn Johnston, a.k.a. Yeah, Quinn, Benedict yeah, Donald. They, they, like, they just he's just got to sit down. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting Guyton to play better injury report three and a half in this spot for a team that just continues to play close games on a going against a Ravens team without Andrews, I think is going to be lagging. 
Um, I'll take the Chargers plus three and a half. Debundo, your last one for us, please. I'll tell you what, we got a couple big first place battles. We got Jags, Texans, and we got Falcons, Saints. Kind of funny. Uh, the Falcons <laughs> plus one at home against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, if you look at our Action Network luck rankings, a lot of this is driven by a ton of turnovers in plus territory. But the Atlanta Falcons are actually checking in at number 32, the unluckiest team in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr, it looks like, is still in concussion protocol, so it might be Jameis season. Uh, hmm. If it is Jameis season, I don't know that the Saints are built to make that work, right? Like, if you want to be a defense-first, like, grind-it-out kind of team, you can't have Jameis, you know, you know, just throwing balls up uh, and risking these high turnovers. Like, their offense is not good enough to overcome it. With Derek Carr, like, yes, it wasn't necessarily better, but, like, you knew what you were getting, and it was just, like, consistently mediocre play. And you could kind of, you know, make that work with him not taking a ton of chances down the field and the occasional YOLO ball, whereas with this Jameis team, like, there there really isn't consistency. So, Dude, I, I can't. I'm just thinking of the Vikings game with Jameis, and he was throwing up YOLOs. It was ridiculous. It like, works when you're down. Like he comes in, they're down, like, 20. Who cares? But like, it was insane. You could throw them out like of a twenty yard pass. That's actually seventy yards in the air across the field, just hitting dudes. As a Viking fan, the time of my life, just loved it. Electric. Oh, it was amazing. Watch. We were we were going crazy, my friends and I, watching the game. But uh, you know, and so then let's look. I think when we look at these th- two teams, the most surprising unit of the four, you know, offense defense on each side, has actually been the Falcons' defense, which holds up pretty well amongst these numbers. They found a pass rush. Out of nowhere, they were the worst pass rush in the NFL last year. This year, they found something that has gotten them somewhere. Uh, they've held up against the run. Saints haven't really been a good run offense. And their secondary has has been solid too. Like They are a top six defense by success rate this year. And look, I think both of these defenses are a little overrated in those metrics because of opponent, right? They, they've both benefited from playing really weak schedules, two of the weakest schedules in the NFL. Uh, when you look at, you know, on paper though, which offense do I have more faith in? It's Atlanta. Uh, and I still think they, you know, yards per drive, uh, Atlanta ranks considerably better than New Orleans. So I'm going with the Falcons at home. I think these two teams are even at worst, uh, and I'm getting a point at home. So Falcons, I'm back in on Brandon's boys. I know I've called them Ponzi scheme, I think, on this pod earlier this year. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm in on Atlanta because uh, the Saints are uh, also a front. Do the line will move if, uh, if Jameis is now starting? I mean, it moved about a point and a point and a half for Carr. Yeah, because right now it's that, Atlanta minus one, one and a half. It has flipped. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's, that's a Jameis move. I mean, granted, you're going through zero. Um, so it's not as important. I'm, I'm fine laying the one. Uh, I would not lay two. But uh, the line when he was announced in, remember that Tampa Bay game where it was going to be not him, but then they at the last right. minute he was like, I'm playing, but he was hurt. They took about a point, point and a half worth of money uh, through three. So uh, it's definitely something to watch. Uh, but I do think you know the market's suggesting it's about a point, point and a half. I just don't know how how well the Jameis system fits into this to this uh, this Dennis Allen team right now. It certainly, will be fun if Jameis is in there. Oh yeah, the Yolo ball. I like that. All right, let's go back to the four thirty window. Brandon, <clears throat> your last one for us. I gotta say, Debundo. I, I, I earlier when you were on this pod with me, I made a whole Falcons pick without mentioning the name Desmond Raider, and you gave me crap for it, and you just did the exact same thing. No, I so. mentioned him. We got Desmond Raider in there? Uh, maybe I said Falcons turnovers in the red zone, which have mostly been yeah, him. Well, that's, that's Desmond Raider, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, yeah, I'm going to go back to a game I picked on the high read. I'm going to take Chiefs Raiders. Give me the under 43 and a half. High read was 44 and a half, so we missed the key number 44 here, but I still like it because what do we just watch on Monday night? The Chiefs offense is not itself right now. We kind of have suspected that for a while, but that, that offense now, I'm sure you've heard the numbers. I wrote about it after the Monday night game. Chiefs have not scored in the second half three straight games right now. They haven't scored in the third quarter four straight games. They're averaging 5.3 points per game in the second half for the season. We're 10 games in, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are averaging five points a game in the second half. Last four games, the Chiefs are 26th in offensive DVOA. The Chiefs are 26th. They're 25th passing the ball. Like, go look at the numbers of what quarterbacks have done against the Eagles. We mentioned it on this podcast, like Mac Jones is dropping 300 yards on the Eagles. Sam Howell's putting up like 400 yards and, and three, four scores on them. And the Chiefs just couldn't move the ball against the same secondary that has not been good this season. Chiefs are only 15th overall last four games. However, they are the third best defense in that stretch. And that's why they haven't like totally bottomed out because we saw how good the defense was too, right? They were great in that game. They did what they needed to against the Eagles, deserved to win. The Raiders are also top 10 defensively. I think these are two of the more underrated defenses right now over the last month, just that window. So I don't really expect the Raiders to score a lot here. Aiden O'Connell, not really doing a lot for me. They've got 18 points or less, all but two of their games. So up against this Chiefs defense, probably not going to go great. But I, I think that the Chiefs probably get a win, but more of the grinded out sort of kind that we've seen a lot from them this year. Uh, the way to beat the Raiders is run on them. They're still near the bottom uh, defensively against the run, but the Chiefs aren't running the ball well right now either. So Antonio Pierce, three games, three unders, chew up the clock. We talked a lot about that on this podcast each week. Raiders are 9-2 and two to the under this season. Chiefs are 8-2 and two to the under. So 81% combined on the under for the year. Raiders games averaging 37 points. Chiefs averaging 39. That's basically what we just got on Monday. So I still like it here, 43.5 under that. Home underdog uh, here, we talked about that one, 62% for unders. And then unders, where the total is 44 or less for home underdogs of seven or more, like the Raiders are here, 86, 48, and two over the last decade, 64% of the under. So same pick, a lot of the same logic I gave out on the hot read, but even under the key number here, I still like Raiders Chiefs under 43.5. I would add, too, just because I'm curious, second half line, Second half totals 20 and a half, just speaking to the point about the Chiefs and Raiders plus four and a half second half. But that under feels like a, it's plus uh, even money right now. 20 and, 10 and a half second half year. total. Chiefs second half unders 10 and 0, and only one of them was even a sweat. Wow. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Those are the best bets for NFL Week 12, our Thanksgiving edition. Uh, We won't have a specific look ahead from Brandon Anderson this week because we are recording earlier in the week. I I must add that this late night record on a Tuesday, a lot more spunk from you guys. I would expect the energy (laughs) to be down, but there's been a lot of energy here on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, So before we go dark for a few uh, few days, getting into the holiday, Brandon, a special Thanksgiving whip around. Why don't you tell us what you got for Thursday games? That's what we're going to do this week instead of the look ahead. Yeah, so you guys probably know I do my every game, every team column each week where I get one pickup, at least one, usually more than one for a lot of them on every side. So let's just go through the holiday slate, three Thanksgiving, one Black Friday. We did Lions already. We, we hit both sides of that one. You, you can go Luke on the Lions. You go DeBundo on the Packers. You heard me. I'm on Lions already. Commanders plus 11 at the Cowboys. I know Luke talked about chalk. I don't understand why the Cowboys shouldn't cover here, except here's the one Thanksgiving stat you need to know. Dallas has covered one time in the last 12 Thanksgivings. Not only are they failing to cover, they're failing by 11.8 points a game. No, I don't have any case to make for Dallas. I just know that stat, and that's the stat. Ron Rivera, 61% division underdog, 10-5-1 as a division dog of over a touchdown. So, I don't know, maybe Sam Howell comes through the back door. They'll figure it out. If you want a Cowboys pick, Perry Turkey with a little lamb, C.D. Lamb, eight catches, 100 yards, plus 151. He has done that in four of the last five games, minus one catch in a spot. You can do an escalator, 150 yards at plus 520. So that's your commanders. Cowboys, Niners, Seahawks. We got the Niners side earlier from Luke. I'm on that one as well. I think that's the way to bet the Niners. You mentioned the stats on that one. I like the under here. That was also one of my hot reads. So I'll just reiterate that here. Thanksgiving post-tryptophan unders in the night game, 11 and 5, 69%. Obviously, it's a primetime game. We know the primetime under stat, 27 and 8 to the under. And with all those injuries, I agree. I think Geno Smith starts. I'm not sure if he finishes. Just, like, just, just a hunch that I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be able to come all the way through. And I like that we have multiple outs here. Maybe the Seahawks hang tough. Maybe they don't. And it's like 34 to 6. Guess what? That's still under too. So I think we can get a few outs here. And then Black Friday get a little shopping money. I like Tyreek Hill over 77 and a half receiving yards. Jets defense obviously has been great, but they have not been great against wide receiver one. In my column, I talk about some of the good lines. Other star receivers have been put up. Tyreek obviously is hitting this number most of the time this season. He's seven of 10. He's gotten over it. He's 112 yards or more in six of the 10 games. So again, if you want escalator, 100 yards is plus 235. If you need a side, I think you have to try to catch the falling knife. Jets plus 10. You get the Tim Boyle bump. We're on with the Zach Wilson experience. Get him out of here. I think they're going to come out fired up. You trust the defense to hang. There's a bunch of trends here saying trust the double-digit home underdog. Trust the team that can't score right now. Basically, all the trends say the line has moved too far. We're giving too much, too little credit, really, to the Jets, who I think can hang around and are, are really playing for their lives. So that's your Thanksgiving whip round. One pick for every game. Come back Saturday. We'll do it for the rest of the slate, too. How do you feel about the under 41 in that game? 
Uh, yeah, I looked at the under as well. That was my alternate pick here. Certainly, it seems like an under game. Uh, I hesitate just because we just don't know with Tim Boyle. I was surprised with the numbers on him. I had a tweet up about it, but like he, he's kind of okay. Like he had three starts and he kind of was not awful. Like I think it's got to be better than Zach Wilson. And I just, it's not fun taking under against the Dolphins. Like they could just score more than 41 on their own. So I don't know. I want to have a little fun on Black Friday. Like I, I personally wouldn't really have been betting the Cowboys game or the Dolphins game, but we're like, it's the holidays. We're going to bet these games. So if we're going to bet them, let's have fun. So CD Lamb, Tyree Kill, like it's more fun to root for overs. So let's try to find some that cash for us. All right. What the hell? We're already up. I have one. I'll give out. Well, I have a pick. Let's I have go. a pick that I want to, I want to run by the, the crew. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Speaking of Packers Lions, this is so square, but I don't care. Jameer Gibbs. 27 and a half receiving yards over. I was thinking about his longest rush over. That's not what I said, though. (laughs) Well, okay. What's wrong with the receiving yards? He's had 35 plus receiving yards in four straight games. Why is the, why is that number so low? Anybody found a diamond in the rough. I mean, I'm not a props guy. My only thought is that if we think that the lions are up big, then like you'd rather have them passing from behind a little bit and get some dump offs for Gibbs. So that would help the total a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the numbers have been there. Okay. There you go. Jameer Gibbs over 27 and a half receiving yards against the Packers. Oh yeah. Wait, are we counting that? Is that an official pick on our records for next week? Uh, We can determine that as the, uh, perfect. (laughs) All right. Very good. That's it. We're done. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. You all have a happy Thanksgiving. The action network podcast is presented by our friends at bet MGM presented by at bet MGM, the king of sports books. If you missed our other Thanksgiving episodes, they are live now in your feeds, Raybon and Stucky. They've got their full betting preview, Chris Raybon, Sean Kerner, player projections for the week also out, and we'll have the recap Monday morning, first thing, with Jill Gallant, Evan Abrams, Brandon stops by for a hot read. Don't forget, folks, to download the free award-winning Action Network app if you haven't done so already. You can also uh, find plenty of great content in the Action Network Discord server. You can chop it up with the guys uh, and fellow gamblers during the game. Thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast. For DeBundo, Brandon, and Luke, Brendan Glasheen, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.